Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of September 9th, 2018. The podcast that blesses the rains down in Africa. This is your host, Shane Killian, and joining us this week is Daniel Wilcox. Welcome back, Daniel. Hey, long time. It feels good to be back. Yeah, we're getting a lot of the classic co-hosts back now. All right, let's disencabulate the news of the bogus. We've been talking about Cody Wilson's Defense Distributed and their plans for firearms that can be created using 3D printers. A federal court has just ordered him to knock it off, despite the fact that what he's doing is absolutely free speech. Oh, dear. The court got around that by saying he can't distribute the plans internationally since that would count as exporting firearms, even though it isn't. Yeah. So Wilson is getting around the court order by selling copies for a suggested price of $10 each. Wilson said, quote, I'm happy to become the iTunes of 3D guns if I can't be Napster. I've seen a guy pay $15, lots of people paying a dollar, others are $10, $8 for the AR-15 rifle. It's very generous. Just people who want to support us. See, zero dollars. A free rider. Give me a cent. Damn that free rider problem. Wilson says he doesn't expect to actually make a profit from this. Quote, I remember when Radiohead did this. They said they didn't make real money for this. I don't expect to either. There's plenty of people who don't want this, don't care, until they see the Attorney General of Pennsylvania doesn't want you to have it. So, uh, Streisand effect, in essence. (laughs) It keeps coming back! (laughs) You'd think people would learn. Wilson called the judge's order hysterical, quote, He accepts the plaintiff's article that the world would end if he didn't act. But this already happened. We've lived in a world where you can download these files from anywhere. His description that some cybernaut can find these in the dark recesses of the internet... They're discoverable within 30 seconds of Googling. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're not already just sitting there. Oh, man, I found a GitHub repository a few weeks ago. Just had all sorts of plans for actual 3D guns, because I wanted to to get some, because I wanted to pull them up and render to to make graphics, you know, not actually to, to make the guns. But, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the 3D plans for them, and these are made for 3D printers, and you have people who are printing out, you know, plastic lowers for AR-15s and then assembling the rest of the gun around it. And of course, people are thinking, oh, people are just going to start using these guns all the time now. No, these guns are cheap. They break easy. Well, they've been on there for years. Has there ever been a crime committed with a 3D gun? Well, I mean, yeah, it's the same with net neutrality. Like, oh, if we repeal net neutrality, we'll go back to... 2015. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and We also have that sticky thread that we've had for a while on the Bogosity Forum, the black market for firearms. It doesn't take much in regular machinist tools to be able to make these. You need the skills to, and so this would be for, you know, an unskilled person. You just have to need to know how to do a 3D printer. But, I mean, as far as being able to make your own firearms, that's always been the case. Yeah, it's it's nothing really new. So what are they getting worked up about? And speaking of federal courts who don't understand the Constitution they swore an oath to uphold, indeed the Constitution they owe their very existence to, the Electronic Frontier Foundation filed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court asking it to reverse, for at least the sixth time, a federal appeals court decision and explain to them that patents can only be granted for new inventions. 
<sighs> this is effing frustrating. Oh, I mean, they keep doing it. The Supreme Court just keeps smacking them down. So the legal term for what we're talking about is prior art. 35 U.S.C. section 102A1 reads, A person shall be entitled to a patent unless the claimed invention was patented, described in a printed publication, or in public use, on sale, or otherwise available to the public before the effective filing date of the claimed invention. And the patent offices really prove that they suck at finding prior art, and they generally just limit themselves to seeing if there's already a patent for it. So as ridiculous as that is, you know, you've got all those other cases. Well, this appeals court ruling said that even that doesn't count as prior art in this case because the prior art in question was in the patent's description, not the claims, as if that matters somehow. No, they described the thing. It was already... (sighs) Yeah. The EFF's brief spells out the problems, quote, First... Patents are granted to encourage disclosure of new inventions, not closing off knowledge that was previously free to use. Never mind, that's how it's been used for years. Yeah. Second, Ariosa's rule will render the criteria for patentability unstable over time because it renders the prior art status of a patent application dependent on the contents of applications filed later. I guess you need a TARDIS to figure it all out. Yeah. This is getting all (laughs) wibbly-wobbly. Third, applicants will have even less motivation to draft narrow claims, which give the public greater notice and certainty as to a patent scope. Fourth, examiners will have to choose between allowing overbroad claims to issue and requiring amendments that narrow the claims, but in so doing, shrink the pool of prior art available to the examiner in future patent applications. This potentially affects incentives for both their substantive work in terms of whether to allow or reject patent claims, and for their procedural incentives to complete examination more or less quickly. Oh dear. Yeah. I'm having trouble deciphering a lot of this uh, legal talk. I need to brush up. (laughs) Well, basically what they're saying is that either you're going to make it so... Oh, this patent is going to be so overbroad that it's naturally going to encompass a lot of prior art, or if you try to narrow it down so it doesn't have the prior art, then you're really narrowing what it means in the future. So, I mean, it's a contradiction there. Wharton's fork at its finest. But the fact is, any prior art that exists at all, whether in the claims and the description, or how narrowly or broadly or whatever, any prior art anywhere is supposed to invalidate the patent. It's the mere existence of that prior art that's important, and nothing else matters. So here's hoping the Supreme Court smacks this down again. We predicted that the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, would end up blocking Europeans from large swaths of the World Wide Web. According to a recent count, even though months have now passed, there are still some 1,200 news sites that aren't available to EU users, or at least EU users that aren't using a VPN to make their traffic appear to be coming from somewhere other than Europe. I freaking swear up. This GDPR has been nothing but a huge thorn in everyone's sites. First of all, websites are having to bend over backwards to get into compliance with them. And then, on the user end, it's not exactly... 
Yeah, I mean, we're talking about some big players like the Chicago Tribune, the L.A. Times, the New York Daily News, the Baltimore Sun, the Examiner, the News Herald, numerous local Fox and other TV news affiliates, and many others. So what exactly was the purpose of this GDPR again? Well, uh, it requires websites to disclose in detail what data they collect from European visitors. It requires them to obtain explicit permission to collect data and to provide a portal to show what data is being collected and also provides for what we've talked about, the so-called right to be forgotten, meaning that a website has to delete all of its information about a person on request, even if that information is newsworthy. And I mean, it's just so difficult and costly to comply with, and the penalties for violating it are so huge that a lot of these websites are finding that it's just easier to block European users to begin with. You know, especially if you're a small news affiliate in a local area and you don't really figure you're going to get that many customers from Europe anyway, you might as well just block them. Now, of course, Europeans can still browse these sites by using a VPN or a proxy or just even using a caching service on Google or the Wayback Machine or somewhere. I mean, really, they've achieved nothing except making life more difficult for web publishers and users. Hey, maybe uh, these web publishers are trying to raise awareness to their European clientele. <laughs> you know, that this was a bad idea. Well, if they haven't figured that out by now... <sighs> yeah, I guess it's a little optimistic to hope that they'll learn. And now it's time to de-ink this week's biggest bogan emitter. And once again, it goes to fake news outlet CNN with an article in the Daily Caller pointing out 20 examples of how they are, in fact, fake news, in addition to all the times we've pointed this out previously in this podcast. I forget, was it CNN that got all the really bad, like, faux Chinese pun names? I don't remember, but it was CNN who said that when the space shuttle Columbia broke up, it was going like 18 times the speed of light. How? And I think it was also CNN where they were talking about it was something about Hawaii, and the guy said, now here's Hawaii, and he was pointing to the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> but I really don't want anyone to think CNN is in any way special here. They're all pretty much terrible like this, but CNN really stuck their neck out on this when Trump called them out on their dishonest reporting of his son's 2016 Trump Tower meeting, saying, quote, CNN is being torn apart from within based on their being caught in a major lie and refusing to admit the mistake. CNN responded, quote, Make no mistake, Mr. President, CNN does not lie. We report the news, and we report when people in power tell lies. CNN stands by our reporting and our reporters. Oh, really? Let's see here. CNN had to retract a story claiming that former Trump advisor Anthony Scaramucci was being investigated by Congress for alleged ties to Russia based on a single anonymous source. And we've talked before about, you know, all these anonymous sources and what they're all about. And three CNN reporters ended up resigning over this story. There's the time they claimed that Donald Trump Jr. was colluding with WikiLeaks to acquire stolen documents, even though the email that supposedly proves this was dated 10 days after WikiLeaks made the documents public. They've repeatedly claimed that all 17 intelligence agencies have confirmed Russian meddling in the election, but this list includes 
the Department of Energy, the Department of the Treasury, and the DEA, and a bunch of others that have no authority over the matter whatsoever and don't have any ability to confirm it. And haven't all the Russian allegations been pretty much demolished by now? Come on! Well, certainly the ones saying that they were colluding with Trump you know, there might be some room left for, say, okay, maybe Russia was trying to interfere with the election, but if they did, it wasn't very successful. They reported that James Comey would contradict Trump's claim that he was not under investigation, but Comey ended up confirming Trump's account under oath in his congressional testimony. They took a video of Trump completely out of context, dumping in a box of food to feed koi fish, when the unedited video shows he was only following the lead of Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Let me get this straight. When he doesn't respect the traditions, it's bad. But when he does, it can be taken out of context and it's bad. Right. Oh, like, there was one, I don't know if it was CNN that did this, but where apparently there was one video of him standing in the queens of england's way you know blocking her way and how disrespectful that was when if you look at the whole video he was walking side by side with her and then suddenly she changed directions and he stopped not knowing what was going on and he waited for her to get around and go the different direction and then followed so i mean he was just waiting to see what she did so he could continue doing that but they took that one little bit and just showed you like two seconds of it to make it look like he was standing in front of her yeah uh CNN claimed that the Republican changes to Obamacare would make rape and sexual assault pre-existing conditions when it's the insurance companies themselves that make that determination. Chris Cuomo said that possessing WikiLeaks stolen documents is illegal for anyone but the media, but basically every legal expert everywhere uh, says that it's perfectly fine, it's perfectly legal, as long as you weren't involved with the original hack. Huh. So there's no problem with Julian Assange or anyone else having them, as long as they weren't the hackers. Yeah. CNN blasted Trump's claim that Obama was wiretapping Trump Tower as a, quote, flat-out lie, and then later confirmed that the FBI was tapping former campaign chairman Paul Manafort, who has a residence in Trump Tower. Jeff Zelaney claimed that Trump hadn't taken question from reporters in at least a week, just one day after Trump held a news conference where he answered questions from reporters. Half of this seems like it's very easily verifiable. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to lie, at least be convincing. Well, it's just arrogance. You know, we're CNN. Everyone just believes us. Because CNN keeps claiming that the Steele dossier was paid for by Republicans when they had stopped having anything to do with the research firm long before it contracted with Steele. CNN edited a picture and captioned it to say that only Democrats were praying before a congressional baseball game after Steve Calise was shot and nearly killed, when other pictures show both teams praying. That sounds like some uh, Michael Moore bowling for Columbine editing. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Stelter and Chris Cuomo accused Ted Cruz of being too scared to come on the network to debate gun control after the Parkland shooting when Cruz, earlier that day, had given CNN a 15-minute interview, an interview they never aired one second of. Speaking of Stelter, he accused the RNC of misquoting him in an ad, even though he'd said the exact words on a CNN ITV hit. CNN claimed that Nancy Sinatra was not happy about her father's song My Way being used at Trump's inauguration. She responded, quote, 
That's not true. I never said that. Why do you lie, CNN? Then there's the claim back in May that there had been 22 school shootings so far that year, which included accidental discharges, disputes between non-students, and even a suicide. They got the list from Every Town for Gun Safety, which should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, the, the gun control statistics always have to be uh, pruned through. <laughs> Well, they have to exaggerate things like school shootings, but then ignore actual defensive gun use. Yeah. Now, this one's as disgusting as it is dishonest. CNN spread false conspiracy theories about Meliana Trump's whereabouts because she hadn't been seen in public for several days when she'd had scheduled kidney surgery. Conspiracy theories? Because... It's like, God, let the woman recover! Come on! Uh, these are the same people who won't even wait until the bodies are cold, so... Yeah. Now call this one meta-fake news. CNN claimed that an Oxford Internet Institute study says that fake news targeted swing states during the 2016 election, but the study says nothing of the sort. Their definition included sites like the Washington Post, and the study shows that Twitter users didn't get anywhere near as much fake news as CNN claimed. Another quote mine, CNN claimed that Trump was ignorant when he told Japan, quote, Try building your cars in the United States instead of shipping them over. Is that possible to ask? The full context of the video makes it clear that it was a joke, and Trump knows perfectly well that they manufacture cars here. Yeah. A CNN panel talked about marches against police violence and gave the hands-up-don't-shoot gesture in reference to the shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, but the physical and forensic evidence showed that Brown's hands could not have been above his waist when he was shot. And the last one on this list, of course, far from conclusive, but CNN deceptively edited a video of the sister of an armed black man shot by police saying she was calling for peace. In the full video, the context of her comments is, quote, Y'all burning down shit we need in our community. Take that shit to the suburbs. Burn that shit down. We need our shit. We need our weaves. I don't wear it, but we need it. So she wasn't calling for peace. She was saying, go do violence in the suburbs. Yeah. And I mean, you can look through the archives of this podcast for more examples, and that's by no means every single one. I'm just at a loss for words at this point. There's just so many... And after all this, CNN still insisting that they don't lie just has to make them this week's biggest bogan emitter. And now let's hit the button on the ejector seat of this week's... And this week it goes to now former Angevine Middle School teacher Karen Smith, who pleaded guilty to assaulting a student who refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. It's long-standing Supreme Court precedent that children do not have to stand for the pledge, going back to West Virginia State Board of Education v. Barnett in 1943. This was settled long ago. I have uh, some memories of like how I was treated when I even... They wanted us to draw an American flag. 
And I thought it would be funny, and I was in grade school, and I thought it would be funny to draw it as a pair of underwear. <laughs> but then, oh, no, 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 that's too disrespectful. Don't you get what that flag means? Uh, don't you get what the flag means? Because if the flag's supposed to stand for the Constitution, you're kind of going against everything it's supposed to represent. After the student had refused to stand for the pledge on February 1st, Smith forced him to his feet by his jacket and forcibly removed him from the classroom. She was sentenced to an 18-month deferred sentence, which means the plea will be withdrawn if she fulfills the terms of the sentence and avoids another criminal case during that time. I wonder exactly what the public is saying uh, on her actions. I imagine there's a bunch of folks like, oh yeah, knock some sense into that kid, and then there's, then there's people who actually have some decent sense. Yeah. Smith retired on August 20th after having been with the school district for 20 years. She could choose to come out of retirement and teach again, but not until her 18-month sentence is up. Additionally, the Colorado Department of Education could revoke her teaching license, and the court order would prevent her from contesting it. And personally, I have to wonder, why do you do the pledge at schools at all, or even why it exists in the first place in a supposedly free country? I know back in the day they used to do it with the Roman salute. Yep, that little Nazi salute. Kind of love it. But in any event, that level of bullheaded ignorance is what gets Karen Smith named this week's... Idiot up this with four-part harmony and feeling edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv or discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate to Shane DK on PayPal, or if you want to use crypto, you can donate at altcoins.bogosity.tv. You can also support Shane DK on Patreon to get the podcast and my YouTube videos early and ad-free. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Daniel Wilcox for joining me. Glad to be back. It's refreshing. Until next time, here's a quote from Albert Hubbard. Editor. A person employed by a newspaper whose business it is to separate the wheat from the chaff and to see that the chaff is printed. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Literary 4.0 International License.